Hey, I'm Heather, a chaos coordinator and mom of three young kids. Chaos and cookies is literally my life, with never-ending dishes, laundry, you name it. Being a mom is a blessing, but it also comes with hard days too. Together, we can find the humor and real solutions to lighten your load and clean up the crumbs. You're listening to the Chaos and Cookies Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Chaos and Cookies podcast. Today, I have a special guest and I have been following him a long time. I am a huge fan and I know a lot of you listeners are also uh, a big fan of his content. I have Alex Moe, the macro barista from Instagram here on the podcast today. And we're going to dive into a lot of questions you've submitted and also some questions that I have. And before I bring Alex on, let me give you a little bit of background about who he is. Alex Moe, more popularly known as the macro barista across social media. He lives in Austin, Texas with his dog, Bane. He spent five years in the Air Force before discovering his love for coffee. He dropped out of college to pursue content creation and start his coffee company, Canine Coffee Company, an e-commerce-based coffee company focused on giving back to dogs in need. He loves all things coffee, dogs, health and fitness, and music. Please welcome Alex Moe to the show. Hello. What's up, Heather? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, so I mentioned you were in Austin and I'm in Austin. And so you and I actually met in person and got to know each other a little bit before this. So this should be a lot of fun. How are you liking Austin so far? Yes, we did. Um, I love Austin. I've been here for almost a year. I've been here. For, actually, it'll be a year, I think, in a couple of days. So I've been here for almost a year. I love it. I love Austin. I lived in Texas for six years prior in West Texas in a little town called Abilene when I was in the Air Force. And um, so I already knew I loved Texas and I knew that Austin had a different vibe than West Texas, more of like my thing. Um, It's like kind of a younger go-getter energy that just kind of, I don't know, it feels good. So I'm stoked to be here. I see myself being here long-term and yeah. Awesome. Oh yeah. Well, before we, before we go, I'm go on to more bigger and better questions. I'm going to give you my icebreaker question that I ask all of my guests. And that is what is your favorite cookie and or cookie memory? Oh man, my favorite cookie and cookie memory. Hmm. That's hard. It's hard to be a fresh chocolate chip cookie for me, but I do like, I'm a weirdo that likes oatmeal raisin cookies. <laughs> you um, are weird. I hate those. <laughs> but there's lots of guests that love them. Especially the ones, all right, this is crazy. Especially the ones from Subway because they're like so soft and totally not good for you, but they're so good. Um, as far as like cookie memory goes, I guess probably like growing up and my grandma making sugar cookies like around Christmas time, making like tons of sugar cookies and decorating them with cream cheese frosting and eating them like straight off the counter. That's probably my favorite memory. <laughs> oh, that's fun. I mean, Hey, yeah. I know you have to dig down deep when I ask that question. <laughs> it's not your common one. Yeah. Now actually I am craving some cookies. So thank you. <laughs> oh, you're so welcome. I get some protein ones. Yeah. Uh, Cause I know that you're an avid uh, fitness enthusiast. And so first let's, um, let's give you, let's get a little bit of background about you. So we mentioned air force, we've mentioned, uh, you lived in West Texas. So give us a little bit of background about who you are and how you came to be a coffee lover. 
Yeah, so I joined the Air Force fresh out of high school at 18. I didn't really know what I was doing. I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, I didn't do great in school. I was kind of like a little delinquent. And so I didn't, <laughs> like, I wasn't present for school very much. I made it, barely made it through. Um, and I just really wasn't sure what to do. So my parents kind of gave me an ultimatum. It was like either um, stop partying because you can't live here if you're going to keep partying or that's pretty much it. Stop partying or don't live there anymore. And so I was like, all right, well, I just joined, I was like, I'll just join the military and I'll just leave. And so I joined the air force um, when I was 18 and went straight to Korea as my first duty assignment. So from living in Washington, my whole life to going straight to overseas, it's definitely the wake up call it threw me into adulthood and personal responsibility and best decision I ever made. So I'm from Korea to Texas and I was stationed there for like four years before I got medically separated because I have some old man hips, basically, for lack of better terms. Uh, It's basically like arthritis in my hips. So they deemed me undeployable and decided to medically discharge me, which honestly was probably the best thing that could ever happen. Um, I was able to receive some military benefits, go to school. And yeah, so I started going to college. I was going to school for exercise science. So I was going to pursue physical therapy. And as I was going to school, I, you know, I needed a part-time job so I could pay the bills, but something flexible that had decent pay and benefits. And Starbucks was actually a great spot. Um, they offered pretty good pay. The flexible or the schedule was so flexible. Uh, so I applied there, got the job, quickly made it from barista to the next level up, which is called shift supervisor, basically like manager of all the baristas, baristas. and each each shift of the day. Okay. So. Um, but you're still baristing as you're the shift supervisor. And so I would just spend my days um, making coffee and connecting with customers. And around that time, I started taking my fitness a little more seriously. I mean, being in the military, you got to do fitness anyways. Um, but I For felt sure. Like- and so have you, did you have to do anything invasive? <clears throat> like I was similar story. I went to college, exercise science major, was going physical therapy um, and then change to personal training and kinesiology. And because I was more inspired with my back issues that I had and just trying to get better and fit and help others with, with chronic pain at young ages. And so, uh, did you have to have anything invasive for your hips? Yeah. So the best way to describe it is that what it's, there's actually a terminology for it. It's femoroacetabular impingement, which femora refers to like the femur bone the long mm-hmm. bone in the in your upper thigh and how it goes into the joint into that socket and basically there's a bunch of bone growth and it was causing the cartilage to wear away um, just due to genetics and a lot of high impact activities as a kid skateboarding basketball falling a lot and so they they went in and they cut off all the bone spurs essentially um, it was a very very invasive they literally dislocated the femur out of the socket um, so they had my, like my whole hip just ripped open on the table, took a chisel and chiseled all those bone spurs off, put it back together, put some screws in. And so the recovery was really, really rough. I think I was on crutches for 12 weeks hmm. um, just because it was non-weight bearing. You couldn't because right. it was just so like tender in there. And my recovery was just not the best. It was military physical therapy. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's, that's when I, my recovery didn't go well. That's when the military was like, okay, we're going to put you out. And that kind of inspired me on my journey to being a physical therapist. Um, as I was getting, 
as I was getting out of the military and interning at, you know, with underneath doctors, um, they were like talking to me and teaching me about my hips. And so it was, it was partially inspiring. And then I ended up doing a similar like path where I switched to just personal training. Cause I was like, Oh, I don't want to go to PT school anymore. Uh, cause I have the whole Instagram thing. It's kind of taken off. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so that's, that's, that's kind of my story with school and the military. Sure. Sure. I mean, um, getting into fitness and being, once you have an injury like that, it's very important to keep your body up and going to prevent more injury, to also keep up the injury that you have. So you can keep the tendons strength, you know, strong. Like I have, I have to do a lot of core work. I can always tell if I haven't been working out for a while. Cause my back starts to hurt. Cause I have a fusion from my L4 to my S1 and that it was two certain, well, it's technically three, but I had a staph infection and complications after my first one. So it was awful. Um, I always say that knee or anything with your leg is probably worse than a back just because with your back, they encourage you to walk. They encourage you to, to move. And with your leg, you can't bear weight when you're trying to heal it. And so I feel like that's definitely more tricky. Um, but again, I think all surgery sucks. So especially when it comes to like major invasive surgery in that way. Um, so I have a lot of questions. Um, we, you mentioned your dog Bane actually we're on video. So I saw him walk behind you, uh, cute, cute pup. So tell me a little bit more about your passion for dogs. Um, it's canine K N I N E is your e-commerce uh, business. And so I, I automatically go to law enforcement and canine unit kind of thing like that. Yeah. So I got, I honestly had not planned on getting a dog. Um, and I had a, I just saw this Craigslist, I think it was Craigslist ad or Facebook ad. It was like white German shepherd puppy. And I was like, what white German shepherd, this is crazy. And so I ended up just like going and getting this white German shepherd. And that was my first dog, um, who I no longer have, but he, I got him. And then I was like, I think I was on Facebook again, or I was like, I was just like looking at dogs like, okay, I have a white, I have a white German shepherd. I want to see if I can find like a black one or something. And so I was looking on Craigslist and I saw like free German shepherd puppy. And it was just this like underweight, sad looking puppy who was like six months old. And I was like, oh man, I feel so bad. And so uh, I went and met up with this guy and he pretty much just like gave me the dog and that dog ended up being Bane and Bane like it was just crazy because I was sitting there away from the truck. And as soon as he let Bane, Bane out of the truck, he just sprinted over to me, like disregarded anything else, sprinted to me and started licking my face. And I kind of like knew like that was my dog. And Aww. so I still have Bane. That's what you saw walk by in the background. Um, and he's he's about to be seven years old. So he's he's getting up there. But as far as I don't know, when I took them to a puppy training class when they were really, really young and seeing the way that the instructor used positive reinforcement and how obedient his dog was, but still like playful and loving and just showed me how you could create such a great relationship with your dog. And I feel like I have a heart for all animals anyways. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when I started my coffee company, I just thought like, okay, coffee and dogs, like who doesn't love coffee and who doesn't love dogs. And the reason, you know, I did it called it canine was 
because of my dog, German Shepherd, and all of our branding is German Shepherd based. Um, but don't discriminate. We, I mean, we love all dogs. We have <laughs> other dogs on some of other our dogs branding. are welcome. Other yeah, dogs. no, all all dog breeds are welcome. We have some other like logos and branding on some of our bags, but uh, part of the mission was to give back in some way, and so we just decided that ten percent pretty much 10%. We started off with 9% because we were trying to play on K9%. But then I was like, you know what, let's just do 10%. It makes it a lot easier. So mm-hmm. 10% of our profit, we will donate to shelters, rescues, ASPCA. Since moving to Austin, I really wanted to make sure I got in touch with local shelters and rescues. And I've been able to work with the Austin German Shepherd Rescue. They're mm-hmm. a really great organization. They obviously deal primarily with German Shepherds. Um, I mean, there's dogs of all breeds that need rescuing and, you know, my heart is partial to German Shepherds just because that's what I have. So I, I enjoy getting to work with them. Um, I'll go to that like adoption events and serve coffee. And then, um, we helped them raise some money last year. So it's, that's, that's really where it comes from. I mean, I love animals and I think that they deserve the treatment. Like they'll, they'll go to the ends of the earth for us, no matter how bad we treat them. And so I think it's, it's, they deserve just a little bit of help where we can. Absolutely. I'm a, I mean, I'm a huge dog lover. My mom always said that I should have a farm or I should have become a veterinarian, but, um, I actually looked into that for a while, but I couldn't euthanize. I was like, I don't think I could just do it. Um, I've actually recently, um, talked to a friend that's kind of like a vet. She, she does a lot of horse breeding and she goes, the euthanization is actually something that comes in to where she feels like having the power to be able to help a dog or an animal and their suffering when the owner doesn't. And so she showed me what that was like on the other side of things. So I was like, Oh, I can kind of see how that would be appealing. Uh, but I just, uh, I have too big of a heart for, for animals. I've got dogs myself. Um, it's actually my dog's 15th birthday today. Uh, so happy birthday, man. Yeah. He's all my old man. I've had him for 15 years. It's kind of crazy. Uh, yeah, he's awesome. But, uh, I've, I've, strong, they're innocent animals and creatures. And so someone has to advocate for them for sure. So you're doing an amazing thing for them. Um, so let's move on to some questions that I have for specifically your coffee. So a lot you're, you're known as macro barista. And so a lot, the way that I got back into Instagram or Instagram at all is I became a health and wellness coach for a virtual platform and we coach mainly women, how to cut, you know, burn fat and intermittent fasting through carb cycling and counting macros. And so your name being the macro barista, gotta love those keywords. Gotta love that SEO. Uh, you usually come up when you're looking for things. And a lot of my listeners, a lot of my friends and clients use your recipes as examples. They share your stuff in their newsletters to their clients because most of them are moms. Most of them love their coffee and most of them want to do it in a low fat way that, um, is easy for them to implement into their daily routine, but staying on track with their macro counting. So tell me a little bit more about how you got into macros and how your Instagram grew to a million followers. Yeah. So the way I got into nutrition, I got into nutrition, um, like a while ago, I would say probably. 2014 or 15 is when I first started learning about nutrition. Uh, it was through this Facebook page called IIFYM. If it fits your macros, it was a really big thing. Then it was super trending. Um, oh, so yeah. it's trending. It was not as trendy anymore, but 
because people kind of demonized it because people took advantage and like ate. It just, it was just a whole, it turned into a whole fiasco. But, yeah. We use that as an acronym still, if we're talking to the, our clients, like if it fits your macros. Yeah. So basically that means as long as a food fits into your macronutrient requirements or your calorie needs for the day, like it's okay to eat. And it showed me that there was a way to start. I mean, I took that to the extreme and was like, all right, well, I can just pretty much eat cheeseburgers and cookies then. And <laughs> I did the I same thing. Well. I was like, this wine is carbs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It's my macros. Exactly. And I think a lot of people do that. And <laughs> so that's what kind of got me into nutrition and macronutrients. But as far as applying that to coffee, I had never drank coffee in my life until I started working at Starbucks. And at that point, when I started working there, it was like a transition period where I was out of, getting out of the military, starting school. And so I was not really concerned with my health and wellness at the time. So I was like drinking all these coffees and I was like just loading it up with caramel drizzle and caramel syrup. Like I remember this one thing I would do is I would get a venti cup and I would just take a bottle of caramel syrup, like the drizzle, not like the syrup, but like the thick sauce. And oh, I would okay. just squeeze as much as I could and probably fill like an inch or inch and a half in the bottom of the cup. And then I would take four shots of espresso and pour it in there. And so that way it would mix up with the caramel. And then I would use whole milk, put whipped cream and like five or six pumps oh, of caramel syrup. Fattening thing ever. Crazy, <laughs> crazy. It was just so loaded with sugar and I had no clue. So this drink I was drinking like one or two times a shift, not to mention how much caffeine I was consuming, but I was drinking this probably four to 600 calorie drink twice a day. And I just had no clue. And so I think one day I just was looking at the back of the nutrition labels on the, when I was at work and I was like, oh my God, these are packed with sugar. And so I was like, let me just see if I can make something a little bit less sugar. So I started bringing in my own protein and I was putting protein powder and making like protein frappuccinos. And it was, it was pretty cool. So I started posting it on that IIFYM Facebook page. And somebody was like, hey, you should post this on Instagram. And this was... 2017. So Instagram mm -hmm. was kind of hitting, it's like, it was like building up to hit its prime. I think Instagram's prime was like 2018, 2019. Yeah. And so 2017, Instagram was like getting hyped up to get into its like peak. And so I started posting and then my account just, I started posting recipes daily and my account just started growing. Um, and I was just like, wow, this is crazy. I, I don't even know why it's growing, but I would just post these recipes and I was like, okay, so apparently people like it. So I kept on posting and posting and eventually uh, there's this fitness influencer slash like just OG YouTuber in the fitness space. His name is Christian Guzman. And if he owns a huge company called Alpha Lee, he's in Houston. He has a big, huge facility called Alpha Land um, for like your women followers. His girlfriend is, her name is Buff Bunny and she has like the Buff Bunny collection and stuff like that. So Anyways, back in, back in those times, he was like the premier fitness YouTuber and anything he said was like church. People would listen to it and do it. And so one time, I guess he had posted me just a screenshot of my page on his YouTube video. And I woke up the next day and had like 40,000 followers. Wow. Uh, so that like blasted me, him saying that put me into the fitness community. And then from there, it was just like linear growth up until now. Um, I mean, it's still growing. It's just crazy to me. I'll check and it's just like going up every day. I'm like, you know, just consistency. So consi consistently posting over and over again, even if it's not two or three times a day, like some people make it really complicated and like, you got to post three videos a day. You got to post X amount a day. And another game has changed, 
But as long as you're consistently putting out content, you're not going to move backwards. No, you know what I mean? It, no, you have to be, and it has to be valuable. It has to be something that people want to save and share and get. It can't just be like, I mean, yes, yeah, some casual ones, I'm sure if Lynn, you just like post a picture of your dog, I'm sure it does great. So it, it just depends. Yeah. I think that the big, the big takeaway from like, if I could share with anyone how I grew my page or how I grew my account to a million followers, it would just, it would literally be consistency. Just no matter what, find something that people want and then just keep doing it. Like at the beginning, um, for the first few months, it, it sucked. It was slow. I was getting like engagement, which was crazy. Um, but it was still like really slow. And a lot of my coworkers would like make fun of me. And I'd be like, Hey guys, look, I got like 5,000 followers. And they'd be like, oh, nobody cares. Like whatever. <laughs> and so I'd just be making these drinks and people would just, all my people that I guess I thought cared about me or whatever, all my coworkers didn't really support it. They were just like, Oh yeah, cool. Maybe they were jealous. I don't know. But, um, so yeah, consistency, keep putting it out, find, find a niche, niche down and then create content in that niche and just keep doing it. And eventually it'll grow and just stick with the trends, you know, pay attention to the trends, watch, watch for music that's trending, watch for like viral recipes and viral stuff and viral content. And then just, you don't have to copy, like all content is pretty much not original. No. You know what I mean? It's always so, your own version. Yeah. It's all like, and people will like you for your own version even if it's something they've already seen if it's your own version with your own touch and you're putting effort and care and intention behind it people it's you're gonna get to where you want to go for sure so like when we go to your page um i have to say like you can see that there's consistency and just all the images and all the content that you throw out so that you're typically holding up a drink and you're telling the viewer, you know, what's in it, why, and then you give them the ingredients. So it's always savable. It's always shareable. And that's key when you're using the algorithm to your advantage, because that's the kind of content and you want engagement and, and movement to make it go and grow and reach more. Uh, that's, that's the name of the game. And so for, for when you're trying to create content and you're trying to decide what drinks you're going to make, I, obviously you're going to go seasonal, you know, when fall comes around, I have a listener that loves you and she had all these questions and she's like, I love his PSLs. Like I always do a pumpkin spice latte. Da, 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 da. So I'm sure you go with refreshing summer, all the things. So how do you choose which ones to do? Do you ever recycle and reuse recipes or say this is a new improved one? How do you go about that? And how do you choose the drinks that you're going to share? Yeah. So basically that's like, comes down to planning my content and the way I plan my content is I again I kind of follow the trends I look I, I'll watch I'll go through on TikTok and I'll go onto the explore page through reels like right now I only make video content because that's yeah. what's going to help your account grow that's what people king. are going to see yeah absolutely and so the way I decide what to do is of course I'll do it seasonal. So right now I'm sticking with ice drinks and usually I stick with ice drinks anyways, because they look prettier and they look better. And even if I post an ice drink, I will post the hot version of it too. in the con or in the caption, but as far as yeah, just like last on, week when we met and we ordered coffee and I were hot and I was, guess I'm weird. It's 160 degrees. Out of yeah. Coffee. I, I cannot, even if it's cold out, I still drink iced coffee. Um, I just, I love cold brew, but yeah. So 
deciding on which content I want to do, I will just think of a flavor. I'll think of a recipe that sounds good. Um, I kind of break it into categories. So like chocolate, caramel, vanilla, and then like fun, like crazy stuff like salted caramel, uh, Twix. You know, I'll think of like, I'll think of candy bars. I'll think of cakes and sweets and baked desserts. And I'll think of stuff like that. Think of if there's a way I can recreate that flavor. Of course, it won't be exactly the same, but I'll think of a way if I can kind of get a drink that gives you that vibe. And then so I'll usually go like, on online and Google how to, and you see what other people have done in the past, or you just, you're like your own chemist who does it on his own. Um, for the most part, I will do it on my own. I feel like I'm kind of like spearheading this niche anyways, but usually you can find somebody that's made like healthy Twix milkshake or some, or something like that. And you can kind of see, okay, they use caramel, they use chocolate or like an almond joy. They used coconut flakes. They used, uh, again, chocolate, hazelnut, coconut coconut milk, milk, whatever. Yeah. So it really will just be like, I feel like I've been doing it so long now that I'm like, okay, I'll do this. And I'm like, well, I know what ingredients I should use. It's just finding the right ratio and finding which base to use, whether that's cold brew, Americano, iced coffee, whatever. So yeah, I'll just think of, I'll think of a flavor that sounds good. I'll think of a dessert name or something that sounds yummy and be like, okay, how can I make this into a coffee? And then I'll go from there. And most times I can usually nail it first try, like when I'll go to order a drink or when I'll create it myself. Um, The at-home ones are a little trickier because I'll have to go through a few revisions, but most of the time I can nail it first try. And so I don't have to spend too much money. Like back when I worked at Starbucks, don't tell anybody, but I would make multiple versions of it because you get partner drinks and then I would buy some of my drinks. But yeah, so I guess I just think of something that sounds good and think of how I can make it look cool. And then I will kind of storyboard. I have I have a storyboard of the way I post. So it'll be like, show the show a high quality clip of the drink, tell people what the drink is, tell people how to order it and do a sign off. And so it'll be like four snippets and I'll try to keep it under 20 seconds and then I'll just go record it and I'll chop it up in Premiere Pro. You know, that's where I, that's my editing platform for videos. And yeah, I mean, you can overcomplicate it and analyze it to the death, but the main, the main point is to just find a piece of content you like and just do it. And just, if you got to copy it to get started, copy it, but you're still going to make it your own. So. Yeah. You can also, I mean, I, this goes to kind of the Instagram uh, audience that I, cause I teach at Instagram bootcamp. Uh, one, the question I'm going to ask the question that I'm already going to know that I'm going to get asked. So I'll have you answer that but in a minute. Um, but when you do grab a piece of content from somebody else, it is okay to say, thank you for the inspiration at the macro barista and tag them or mention them. It's okay for you to do that because then it, it, it's not asking them for permission to use what they did, but it's giving them credit where credit is due. So they don't feel like you just, you know, stole their stuff and, uh, you know, plagiarize it. So I'm a big advocate to, you know, mentioning tagging somebody that, you're taking it from if it's close to like, if it's something that's like, Whoa, like that's what I did. If it's something that's based off of it, eh, that's your decision. Yeah. That's, that's one thing that's kind of, I feel very blessed and thankful that I started my journey on content creation and the niche that I did when I did, because it was not being done yet. 
And yeah. it was just, it was just a creative idea that I just, instead of thinking about it, I just put action to it. And so now I am known as the, I guess the OG in the healthy coffee space. And there, there are plenty of accounts that, you know, will try to do the same thing. Some people credit, some people don't. And then there's one account I can think of off the top of my head that does the same thing, uses a lot of my drinks. I can tell and just tweaks them slightly, but never tags me and notice mm -hmm. that they unfollowed me. So if you want like some tea, Instagram tea, um, I'm not going to drop the name of the account, but there's one account that's like that, that's branded themselves as healthy Starbucks orders. It pretty much goes through and jacks all my old recipes. But as, I mean, still at the end of the day, I am the, like in a hum, in the most humble way possible. I am like the, per the go-to in the sure, healthy coffee Which is what community. you want. That is what you want. When you are starting a business and you're trying to be that person, you always want to be the leader in your industry, the go-to person. And imitation is the highest form of flattery. So we can say that, you know, at least he loves what you do or he or she or whatever. Um, but just to keep doing you because you, there's only one you and you can only offer what you can. And it's not authentic if you're not being the person that you are. So that person if they're putting their own spin on it, great. And they're using you as inspiration, but if it's just copycatting, they're not you. So they'll never be able to succeed as well as you are because they're pretending to be somebody else. Right. No, hundred percent. And there's room, honestly, this is one of the most crucial things I think that refers to business or content creation, whatever you want to think. One of the most important things to keep in mind that can keep you grounded is that there is room for everybody in any space. You know, whether it's coffee, supplements, health coaching, whatever, there's room for another person to do the same thing you're doing because they offer a completely different set of skills and personality that's going to benefit other people. So there's no reason to ever hold grudges or feel a certain way or build resentment towards anybody that's doing the same thing as you. In my opinion, you should welcome them, join them, support them. And that doing that is just going to come back to you and as blessings in return. And also to add to that is you don't change what you're doing just because someone else is doing it. You continue to do what you do and it'll set you apart. I mean, there's lots of, um, faster way to fat loss coaches that listen to this podcast that follow me on Instagram. Uh, so this, this specific, uh, episode is really for, for these ladies and, and gentlemen that, that follow. And so I, constantly tell them that your journey is your journey. You are still selling the same program, but you're selling it in your own way to your own people. And you have to speak to them. There's, there's a couple of uh, coaches that are very crass and that are very, uh, they'll curse and that's that, but that's them. And so they do really well in that space because that's the coach that they want to be. And there are some people that are like, I would not hire them because it's just not my my thing. I'm going to go find someone that I relate to, but that doesn't mean that they're doing anything bad. That's just, that's them. They're being authentic and they're going to bring the people that the like-minded people. And so it's important to remember that if you're seeing someone doing something like you, not to just be deterred and be like, well, I can't do it because they are. Right. No, totally agree. Awesome. So the question I was going to ask is premier pro. I get a lot of questions about what kind of uh, video edits I use. I use pick play posts. I'm, I'm searching for another one. Um, but pick play post is a very uh, easy starter platform. And you, you said premier pro, is that a computer? Is that an app? Is it both? Is it free? Is it paid? 
Yeah, so it's from Adobe. It's called Adobe Premiere Pro. It's for your computer. I'm not sure if they have a mobile version, but it's it's an application on your computer. Um, it's similar to Final Cut, which is Apple's version of that. And it's honestly pretty user-friendly once you get the hang of it. Like now, I personally, I could never go back to trying to use something else on my phone or um, iMovie. It's just, it's since I've learned how to use it, which is not that complicated. It's just become such a, I can edit videos so quickly. I just have a system of how to do it. But yeah, I, and it's not really expensive. I mean, I guess it is depending on what you need. Like for me, mm -hmm. making content is my job essentially. And so sure. uh, it's like 40 bucks a month where, so there's Adobe Premiere Pro, then there's Final Cut Pro, which both of those are the pretty much a similar, like the things you can do with each one. And Final Cut is, I think it's 500 bucks or something like that. Don't quote me. It's either five or $400 as a one-time purchase. Um, and you'd never have to pay for it again, but Adobe Premiere is a subscription. You can pay for it yearly or monthly. And so yeah, that's so just my just, choice. Mm -hmm. And you just upload the things that you, cause I'm assuming you record mostly on your phone. Like we all pretty much do. Um, and then you upload it to your computer. Yeah. So like, the Starbucks videos I do, I record them on my phone, but the at-home videos that I do, I record on my camera. Um, I have a pretty basic camera setup. Not, I mean, I have the body itself is a Sony Alpha 6500, which is sort of expensive, but the lens is pretty basic. Um, but honestly, if you have a newer iPhone, uh, probably the X or higher, you can still shoot really good content. You can play with the lighting on the phone. You can play with the lighting setup in your kitchen or whatever. Um, you can, yeah, but you don't need, to me, you don't need something fancy. You can use your, you can use your iPhone. You can use yeah. reels, the editing thing on reels. You can use the editing thing on TikTok, um, or you can use iMovie and just learn how to use it. But the most important part is that you find one platform you like to use or one application and just stick to it. So you can learn how to do it quickly and efficiently and smart, not harder. <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I have a Canon and I have a Nikon and I've played around with the Canon. I tried doing more video content with that and it kind of messed up my webcam situation. So you just have to play with it. You have to be patient with it and not be afraid to ask for help if you're not technologically savvy. Cause I don't, if you get imitate, uh, intimidated by technology, then just use your phone. I mean, especially if you have one of the newer ones, uh, even the, uh, the camera on your, if you have an Apple, I mean, they're actually pretty good or just get a webcam, but, uh, there's lots of different things that you could do. Um, so that's our little Instagram, uh, segment for those that like to listen for Instagram. And I guess I'm going to wrap up with questions about, um, you've got, uh, you're launching an ebook today. And you also mentioned you've got an e-commerce, uh, coffee company, and you also have some bigger things on the horizon. So let's chat a little bit more about that. So, uh, listeners can learn about what you're offering and what you have coming up. Yeah, for sure. We'll talk about the two things that are the, the biggest things right now is so first of all, of course, I have my coffee company, it's called canine coffee. And we sell bagged coffee, we sell merch, we sell accessories. And like I mentioned before, 10% of our profits go back to dogs in need through local shelters to the SPCA, however we choose to donate. Um, and then yes, today I just launched an ebook. And I, it's more, it's, I wouldn't call it a book. It's a guide. It's, so it's a pretty extensive cold brew guide. So you can master making your own cold brew. Plus it has over 50 recipes. And most of those I haven't even shared on my Instagram before. 
And so it's all new content. It's, it's tons of stuff. You can make a new coffee every week for a whole year. And for this first few days of the sale of like launching the book, I'm doing a giveaway. So I'm giving away the espresso machine I use every day, which is pretty fancy. It's like 600 bucks, 650 bucks. So, and if you buy a copy, you're going to get entered in to win it. But yeah, the whole point is that it's going to teach you how to make cold brew. It's going to teach you some terminology about coffee to make you feel more comfortable being your own barista. That's what the book is called. Be your own barista volume one. And then it's going to have a ton of recipes that are easy to follow minimal ingredients. If you don't have the ingredients, I show you where to get them, how to use them, how exactly to pour the coffee, how exactly to sequence the drink. And so I've been working on it for the last six months, pretty, pretty hardcore. So I'm super proud of it. Super happy to launch it. Um, and it's so, yeah, pretty fantastic. This- I got a sneak peek of it last week when we met in person and it's, it's legit guys. It's, it's a fantastic guide. It's, it's very clean, lots of information and it's, it's spot on. It really is. And I really, uh, encourage you to go and grab yourself a coffee because if you do love watching Alex and make his drinks and you like to share his recipes with your clients or just yourself or with your friends, uh, this is a really great guide and it's, it's, it's very well done. So Go go and grab yourself a copy of his ebook. The link is going to be in the show notes like they always are. And also a link to K9, which is an e-commerce coffee company that goes to uh, dogs in need as well. And is there anything else that you want to share that's on the horizon or anything else that you want to include that we didn't cover? Because we covered quite a bit of info. Yeah, no, I think this was a great synopsis and um, hopefully your listeners are able to take some value away. I think we talked about some stuff. We didn't even talk about coffee that much. Honestly, we talked about a lot of social media and strategy and content creation, which is something I'm passionate about. So uh, if, I mean, if anybody that's listening has any more questions, feel free to shoot me a DM. You know, my Instagram is the macro barista. I'm on TikTok, um, on Facebook too, for those of you that prefer that platform. So yeah, I think we covered some great bases and I'm super stoked with the information that, uh, that we got to talk about. Well, thank you for being here. Cause I know that when we met, I actually dug a little deeper into your content creation brain. Uh, you know, I can teach it, but sometimes when we are doing our own content for our own self, as I, my five-year-old say, my own self is my five-year-old would say, <laughs> I want to do it by my own self. Uh, it's difficult because you can't see the frame when you're in the picture or see the forest beyond the trees. Right. So it's, it's, it's great to have fresh eyes. It's great to just branch out and ask questions. And, uh, I appreciate you being here and sharing everything that you had to offer and, uh, encourage my listeners to go out and grab your new book. Uh, you also find me on social media. I will, uh, talk about it as well and, uh, go follow Alex and, and all the good things that are coming. Thank you so much for being here. Awesome. Thanks Heather. And thank you again for listening to another episode of the chaos and cookies podcast. And we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the chaos and cookies podcast. If you want more goodies and friends to share them with, follow the crumbs to the Facebook group or visit the Chaos and Cookies website to grab my sweet secrets on how to calm your cookies. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. See y'all next week for another episode of Chaos and Cookies.